It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. spend an afternoon taking you home from work it is the sports rush your daily local sports fix four to six i am brett rump along with adam lundy big show coming up today about 30 minutes or so down the road we'll be talking with purdue fort wayne men's basketball coach john kaufman 13 and 2 the dons great start to the season and more importantly they're four and oh in horizon league play They'll try to make it 5-0 with a Saturday afternoon game against Wright State at the Memorial Coliseum. We'll give you details on how you can win some tickets from us today coming up here in just a little bit. Also, Destin Adams from A to Z Sports will join us to talk Colts football. And we've got Eric Dute, Dute Kevich, big night of high school basketball coming up tomorrow night. We'll be out at Wayne High School for the Northside Legends and the Wayne Generals tip-off. Around 7.45, it's the Parkview Sports Medicine High School Basketball Game of the Week. And, of course, after the game, join us for the PSM postgame show live from the Waynedale Pizza Hut up until 10.30. We'll have scores, highlights, coaches, interviews, and more finishing up your high school Friday night right here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Indiana wins. Indiana loses. It was a split for the state last night. Hoosiers lost a bad one at Nebraska. Pacers get a big win at home. We'll break these games down coming up later in the show. We don't want to waste a whole lot of time here today getting this show started because we got a special guest to get this uh, thing underway. And uh, about every year off season, we connect, touch base, catch up with one of Fort Wayne's very own former Bishop Lures product. Of course, one of the biggest Purdue fans that you're going to know out there. Former member of the Tampa Bay Rays, now a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. And it has become official. He will return to Toronto this season, signing a one-year deal. And it is eight digits for a year. Not bad. Not bad for the hometown product. And he's joining us right now on the guest line. Of course, you know who it is. It's Kevin Kiermeyer. Kevin, how are you? Uh, hey, Brett. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Besides having a little pocket change for this summer, I guess things are going pretty well, huh? You know, I uh, I work for everything I've gotten. I know what this life could provide years ago. And I just said I want to be the best baseball player I could ever possibly become and uh 14 years later here I am and uh you know it's it's been a heck of a ride but uh yeah you know there it, it takes care of me very well me and my family but um 
like I said, I worked my butt off for it, and I'm very, very thankful, very grateful. Well, congratulations. It's it's great to see. I mean, Fort Wayne's proud of what you've been able to accomplish, and we know Thank that you. you have had to work to earn it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting. A lot of, a lot of guys uh, make that fight trying to get to the biggest level of baseball. They don't make it. Some make it, but don't stick. And you've been able to have a successful long career uh, now with your second ball club and uh, and now a repeat opportunity in Toronto. Um, you know, with the offseason, I, I know we've talked to you, I think, the last two or three offseasons. As you become an older player, and I don't want to make it sound like you're Tom Brady at 46, <laughs> yeah. but... Uh, I mean, you know, you're mid, what mid thirties, that right? Yeah, I'll, I'll be thirty four in April. And so, you get to this point in your career. How has the off season changed? Do you have to work harder? Do you work less? What What's your off season like? Uh, it's wild. I'm, I feel like I've done more this off season than than I've ever done. Uh, but at the same time, I know I've said that several off seasons. Uh, but. I don't know, you hear like the cliche athletes saying like, this is the best I ever felt, the most in shape I've ever been, blah, blah, blah. Like I can honestly say like I've actually believed that every year. And each year is different totally. And as you age, yeah, you got, I can't do things that I used to do, but I can still move around really well. And I know what I need to do. And I, I do a lot of the same things I used to do uh, when I first started up with pro baseball back in 2010. But as the years go by, you understand you know, what's really important and, and get to a schedule, then I have kids and then you got to adjust. So I got a really good schedule right now. My wife is great letting me do everything I need to do. We have help with the nanny. So uh, long story short, I don't know. I sit here, I, I work, I feel like I'm working as hard as I ever have my, my whole career and my body's feeling great and I'm moving phenomenal. So uh, I don't know. There's just that fire that's letting you each and every year. And, and I like to think I, outwork most guys every off season here i am once again just uh dedicated to my craft and love being obsessed working on my body and, and trying to always improve year in year out on and off the field do you get support in that do you have strength and conditioning do you have to have a personal coach do you have a team guy that you consult with as far as what you do for off-season workouts uh, every, everyone's different. There's people who have like teams, like you just said, of, of people setting up everything, but I like to do stuff on my own and I've made really good connections over the years. So like I got a massage here less than an hour away and I'll do 90 minutes for that today. And I try to do that once a week, do Pilates twice a week. I like to hit right now four or five times a week, uh, strength training, speed stuff two or three times a week. So I'm, I'm in a ton of different places right now, um, but I love being busy, and it's all to just do body work, and you got to sit here and do things that you don't necessarily want to do, cold tub and you know stuff like that, but you got to preserve the body, and I've, I've learned that uh, years ago, and as you get older, um, it doesn't get any easier by any means, and now I have to like stick to the massage and cold, stu- cold tub more than I have my whole career preparing myself for the long haul ahead and just trying to train my muscles uh to build that stamina for like i said we play every day and our bodies are put through the ringer but we can prepare right now um so it's not as hard come july august september october 
uh, we've got a lot of envy right now having you talk about getting a massage in 90 minutes. That would have been the perfect time to talk to you, by the way, was while you're laying on a massage table getting a good rundown. Oh, I'm rundown. sleeping. I'll be, I'll be just about to sleep. Uh, the, uh, of course, I uh, I have to ask about uh, the Boilermakers uh, oh, you yeah. know, and, and your love of Purdue. They've got a big one coming up tomorrow night. Where where are you at in the off season? Do you still reside full, uh, in your off season down in the Tampa area? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I'm in Tampa. So you're not going to be at La- West Lafayette tomorrow night for that game. I will not be in West Lafayette, unfortunately. But I'm going to try to get there, take my son. Uh, hopefully, before I head off to spring training, we'll see if we can make that happen. But I will be uh nuzzled in on my couch watching just like i do every game so uh this is the best bowler team i've seen in a while they've had some really good ones but i feel like if there's any year for them to sit here and make a run with the the depth and the braden smith and ed doing what they're doing but especially like braden smith elevating his game the way he has um and, you know fletcher lawyer and other guys when when purdue hits their threes and they can go to ed they can be anyone in the country and that's that's their game and i love i love watching these guys man uh any concerns about the uh the march history as you as we get to the <laughs> oh, end yeah, of course <laughs> i mean are, are you are you confident are you reluctantly no. uh optimistic what what's your feeling yeah, on this team when it comes to the postseason yeah i think you know even people who aren't Purdue fans will sit here and be like, "Oh man, I swear!" Like they're those, they're that team that's good every year, but then they lose to someone crazy in the tournament, and uh, rightfully so. But you gotta, you gotta think our luck is gonna turn for us, and like it's crazy. It's, it's uh, you know the same game, but just a little bit bigger stage, a little bit brighter lights, and obviously the last, I don't know, especially last like five, six years, 2019 in Virginia was awful, but. Um, I, I think they're going to, man, I'm telling you, there's something different about them this year. They look great on the road as well, winning Maui and stuff like that. Purdue's always great at Mackey, but whenever they leave there, you never know what team is going to show up. And, um, I know they've had their struggles in March and years past, but once again, you got to be reluctantly optimistic, just trust that this is the group to do it. So only time will tell, but. Uh, man, they are they are fun to watch, and I just feel like they are as deep as they've ever been with some uh, really nice pieces added to the team. And uh, we shall see. We shall see here in a couple months. <laughs> hey, Kevin, I got to ask about Bishop Lures. Do you still follow the Knights? Got a state championship this year? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I watch I watch the highlight zone every week, every Saturday morning. I lo- I love that. I love sticking with keeping up with my Fort Wayne sports and as much as I can, but uh, I was aware that they won, but I, I couldn't tell you like one player on the team or anything like that, but I, I know they won and still keeping the tradition going, so good for Lures, another state title under their belt. You know, last year was kind of a strange off season. Didn't know where you would end up. You ended up in Toronto, and after basically playing your whole career in one organization, all of a sudden now, uh, you've got to move into someone else's house. How awkward was that? What was that adjustment like for you? Uh, it was, you know, I I just looked at it like it was a new opportunity, and I knew that um, so many different things were going to come about, and I just wanted to have fun with it, make it enjoyable for myself and my my wife and my kids. 
and we had a great living situation up there. My wife cried the last day we were there. She didn't want to leave. She wow. loved it. My kids, my kids were my kids were obsessed with it, and uh, it was great because I haven't been in like that uh, that. It was very Midwest-like in Toronto. Like, the weather in April and May was very similar to what was going on in Fort Wayne, and I haven't been home or around that. I've been in Florida for the last 12, 13 years at that time of the year. And uh, so to be home and or, like, get them, like, spring smells in the air once again up in, you know, Midwest territory was uh, great and I, I loved every second of it. I can't wait to go back, and my, my family says the same thing. This is a, a great opportunity for us, and, and we're going to try to run with it. Have you been able to swing through uh, our corner uh, neck of the woods here up in northeast Indiana? Have you done any fishing? I know that's one of your passions, too, is you love to go catch those big big fish out of the pond. Yeah, yeah, I love I love to go bow fishing up there in northeast Indiana. It's my, my favorite thing to do, not even close. I was able to get up in October, but... It was really cold, like the day we got up and all the way through Halloween. So my my October didn't have as much fishing as I wanted, but to be up there at the lake uh, in my favorite month of the year, it was amazing. And I just actually went up last weekend to my lake house. Again, I had like a little boys weekend with my brothers and a couple buddies, and we had a great time. So there was no snow or ice for us to ice fish or do anything like that, but uh, we watched a lot of sports and it so, always feels good going back to Indiana. I love it up there. All right, so heading into this season, I think, what, it's 11, your 11th full season, and I think, uh, is that right, 11th full year of Major League Baseball? Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. All right, so give me an idea, because you talk about how the off-seasons have changed and trying to take care of your body. Well, you know, certainly that's not you on the field. You put your body on the line quite often, and you've had the injuries to prove it. Do you play different? Are you now, as an older player, more conscious of things that could get you hurt? Uh, in some ways, but I, I always uh, I say I know my game. I know my strengths. I know what I excel at, and for me, a, a large part of that is my defense and what I do out there, and and when you play really good defense, all the best in the game, whether you're an infielder or outfielder, guys are getting dirty and making crazy plays. And for me, crazy plays are running a long way, making diving catches, robbing homers, maybe leaping up, hitting the wall a little bit, all with controlled violence, of course. Um, but I, I know what I sign up for each and every year. I want to go out there and make plays. Like I never take the field and say, okay, let's not get hurt. Today. We're never trying to get hurt, but I'm going to go out there and play the way that my instincts tell me to, and it's just a gear or a speed that I feel like not as many people can match, but that's the way I'm programmed, that's the way I'm wired, and I could not drive home at night if I knew I was just like getting by with going through the motions and just trying not to get hurt. I don't, I don't care. I'll take bumps and bruises and the things that have, have Came throughout my career. I, I, looking back, I would not change my style of play at all. Uh, here, I'm about to get 10 years of service time in the major leagues. I've done something right along the way. I'm proud of that, but I'm not the most talented player on the field. I got to care more than the guys that I'm playing against, and and I think my play would would show that I do just that. So it's all about the team and going out there trying to get wins and. I'll take some blood, some bruises, whatever. But uh, that's just kind of what happens throughout the course of the season. 
Uh, Kevin, I just saw an article that was talking about your new deal with the Blue Jays, the one-year deal. Uh, it was just announced uh, over the last couple of days. But uh, I saw an article, and it referred to you as a defensive specialist. And when you hear yourself identified that <coughs> way, uh, what are your thoughts? Was there ever a, a point where that offended you, or have you come to the point where that's a compliment? How do you feel when someone calls you a no. defensive specialist? Yeah, that's it's it's very fair, and I always end it with saying, "Well, I know I excel, and I am one of the absolute best at defense." There's, and I'll, that's why I'm called that. But at the same time, like me, the other half of Kevin Kiermeyer talking is like, "Hey." I can do some great things offensively as well. And I've, uh, you know, throughout my whole career battled inconsistency in a lot of things, but, um, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, of what I've done. I feel like I've been my best coach throughout the whole way and I'm always trying to improve my game. And people sometimes forget how hard it is to go out there and face the pitching that we do every night. And the guys who go out there and <clears throat> Ronald Acuna's and Mookie Betts is Freddie Freeman's of the world. I have no idea how they do that year in, year out, hitting 300 with 30 and 40 homers. It, the game is not that easy, and I love being around, um, you know, so many good players who will sit here and say the same thing, and you watch these superstars, like, struggle and, and do certain things, and I'm always like, well, hey, I know there's levels to this, but we're all in, in this with each other, and um, you just ride the good with the bad, and hopefully that you can stay consistent as you can, and for me, that's what I did last year and that's what I was trying to do I always like if I can just sustain consistency I can be a darn good player and I did you know I stayed healthy I played good offensively great defense uh and this year I want to take it to the next level I want to be even better than what what I was last year and and I'm working towards that and it's been uh it's been a blast yeah and hit above the league average I think 265 average last year so uh let's Let's not forget what uh, what those accomplishments are offensively. By the way, uh, having the time you've had in the league, you've had a chance to play in every ballpark. Is there a particular center field that that you like over the others? Maybe just the space or or the field, the lighting. <laughs> yeah, it, I really I really like Detroit because it's the biggest outfield in baseball, and I love standing out there in center. And I just look around. I and I just. Uh, I, I just go out there every time, and I'm like, boy, there are so many opportunities that can be had throughout the course of this game, and I love taking the field there every time just because I feel like that's where I can really let my uh, showcase my talents for what I can do out there, and, and I want that ball that I'm running like 150 feet for <laughs> on warning track. I, I dream of those situations, so I love it. I love it there. Um, Fenway is a really cool place. Just the historic value of that is really cool, but there's a lot of nooks and crannies out there, and it's kind of a more difficult center field to play there. But I love going there every time. But I like uh, I like them fields where I can you know kind of spin my wheels a little bit and and have fun out there. Have you ever been up the hill in Houston? Yes, I have. Uh, Back in 2015, I made a catch run up that, but that's my only memory of it. (laughs) Okay, I just because you talk about the strange nuances of some yep. of these fields. By the way, you did strike a chord with my producer when you mentioned uh, Detroit. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, were you uh, in favor of them bringing in the outfield there a little bit up in Detroit? Have you played there since they've brought in that outfield fence? Uh, did they, Yeah, they did bring in Comerica last year. Yes, I did. Um, and it is a huge difference. I mean, you go out there two, three years ago and 
it looks like an absolute graveyard. But uh, <laughs> like I said, guys like me, I know how I am. It might, it might intimidate some other guys or they don't know where to play. But for me, I'm just standing out there on an island with a lot of room to cover. And uh, I love that. It's a great opportunity for me to, like I said, make plays that I wouldn't other places. You go to places like Anaheim. Anaheim is the shortest center field ever. I feel like I'm playing 30 feet behind the shortstop and I'm like on the warning track. It's so weird. It's crazy. But then you go to Detroit and you feel like you're on a different field. And uh, <laughs> that's what I love about baseball, though. You go on the road and there's something new, uh, way, I mean, a ton of things that are new about each park. And it's so fun to, you know, sit here and relive all the memories that I've made in certain parks uh, and hopefully many more to come. Yeah, it's like you're playing center field Windsor when you're in Detroit. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, Kevin, uh, we always enjoy catching up with you. So what's next? Uh, when Mid-February, is that reporting time? Yeah, usually around Valentine's Day is when uh, things get going. But they're, the complex is 40 minutes away from my house, so I don't have to worry about housing or anything. I'm going to show up there tomorrow for the first time and kind of uh-huh. pop in a couple times throughout the week. But uh, come February, mid-February, I'll be ready to go. I'm ready to go right now, but I got another month and a half of getting locked in and, and showing my teammates what I've done this offseason. They still in Dunedin? They are. Jeez, wow, that's been a long time. Uh, yep. I don't know how long, but I know it's been a long time they've been in Dunedin. All right, uh, hey, Kevin, uh, always appreciate you, man. We'll uh, we'll have to c- connect again sometime. So one of these years we have to connect sometime during the season, but I always don't want to get in the way. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, but no, thank you. We, we we could do that, no problem. We follow you. I tell you this: we follow you all year. Watch what you're doing. Uh, you know, again, you're the pride and joy of Fort Wayne, and and we're the biggest small town in America. So when we see one of our yeah. own out there doing well, we love it. So congratulations to you. Give the best to the family, and uh, have a great year up uh, north of the border this summer. Awesome. Well, well, thank you. That thank you for all those kind words. I appreciate it so much. And uh, thanks again for having me on. Yep, that is Kevin Kiermeyer joining us from Bishop Lures. Uh, of course, big Purdue fan, and uh, and now playing for Toronto. And it's kind of a shame we don't get to see him all that much. You know, with the baseball the way it is, we we you know it's not. I, I think it's probably one of the the more difficult sports to be able to follow every game on TV. Uh, because you've got the regional networks, if it's you know Reds, Cubs, we can follow that. But uh, but it's it's sometimes it's a little tough to be able to follow Toronto. But uh, Kevin Kiermeyer joining us here on the Sports Rush. All right, and and Adam, you even got a little bit of a question in there. Once you brought up Detroit, your eyes oh, got big. Oh man, if you're going to bring up the yeah. Tigers, man, I'm going to get a question and about that because it's funny they did bring in the center field a little bit. So <laughs> well, they, it was the Kevin Kiermeyer rule. They had they thought <laughs> we got to take some of the space away. This guy's covering too much of it, and yeah. so they had to bring the outfield uh, wall in. Uh, we got some headlines. Yeah. What's yeah. happening in the world of sports? Let's check it out right now. It's today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. All right. Well, the Colts head coach Shane Steichen said today that no one has been ruled out for Saturday's game against the Texans. Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, Zach Moss, and Chris Lamons are all listed as questionable. Kenny Moore, who missed last week's game due to a back injury, said he plans to play Saturday against the Texans. Golden State forward Draymond Green on an indefinite league suspension since December 13 is expected to return to the Warriors facility in the coming days to start ramping up 
to resume play. He will miss his 11th game when the Warriors play the Nuggets tonight, but his plan to rejoin the team to start working himself back into playing shape is the final step for him rejoining. And LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo led the first round of all-star voting in results released by the NBA this afternoon. Antetokounmpo was the leading overall vote-getter with more than 2.1 million votes, while LeBron James was the only other player to record more than 2 million votes. LeBron James would set an NBA record with a 20th all-star selection, breaking a tie with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And those are your top stories. The Hoosiers have hit about the halfway point of their season. What have we seen as far as improvement? Crickets. That's what we've seen. <laughs> we'll talk about the Hoosiers and Nebraska from last night uh, coming up after the break. Always great to catch up in the offseason with Fort Wayne's very own Kevin Kiermeyer. If you missed any of our conversation, don't forget we'll have it on the podcast. We're going to try to replay that maybe tomorrow on the show as well. Good stuff from Kevin Kiermeyer. Also coming up on the show, Purdue Fort Wayne coach John Kaufman's going to join us here in just a few. Next hour, we've got Destin Adams from A to Z Sports and Eric Dute, Dute Kevich from PSM, Parfu Sports Medicine. Last night, Indiana Hoosiers drop a road game. And it isn't just losing on the road because it's tough to win in the Big Ten on the road. It's the eye test. It's how did the Hoosiers perform And once again, we see a Hoosiers team that I won't say they're uninspired, but it just never looks like they're giving a hundred plus percent. And it looks to me like a team that isn't connected off the court. A lot of those things show up. If you've got a team that just is not connected, their personalities kind of clash. Maybe guys are a little more independent stand. I mean, we, I don't know the personalities. But I can tell you, I've been around enough college basketball teams and very close to college basketball teams. And I can tell you, every single year, there's a different personality with chemistry of the team. Some teams absolutely love each other. They they go to events as a group 15 at a time every time there's something going on. And then there's other teams where these two guys go do their thing. These two guys do their thing. This guy, uh, he goes and studies with his girlfriend. And then this guy... Uh, he goes and does his thing. And you, you notice there's just no connection with or bond with the teammates. And I feel like Indiana's got that a little bit. I feel like Purdue seems to have a connection. Purdue, Purdue guys, I mean, you watch like Fletcher, Lawyer, Braden Smith. I think there's a mutual respect. I don't know if it's friendship, but it looks like they both get along. Um, and so I see Indiana. And first of all, I'm not sure if this is a close unit, one through 15. But I can tell you this, it's not a well-coached team because a lot of basic fundamentals are being missed or just not being done at all with the Indiana Hoosiers. Last night, watching things like post-entry passes, uh, how they're handling the screens, whether it's a handoff screen, a ball screen, uh, whether the guard is trailing the guy trying to catch up on the other side of the screen, whether he's trying to fight through, whether he's dropping below. Um, it just seems like there's no connection as to what the big has to do with the guard and what they're going to do. And a lot of that is scouting. A lot of that is communication. But it's a fundamental. And uh, Coach Kaufman, who we're going to talk to here in a few minutes, he talks regularly about playing our principles. And those are all the fundamentals that have been taught throughout the summer so that these guys know 
if we play a ball screen this way, here's the big's responsibility. Does he hedge? Does he double? Uh, you know, what? what is the responsibility so everyone is connected on the defensive end? Offensively, things like what is the best angle for a post entry? At what point do we want to feed the post? When he's cutting to the basket? When he's got his position? Do we want to throw it to the side shoulder? All of those things are fundamentals that are worked on. And it seems like Indiana isn't connected on some of the finer points of fundamentals. If you know the game and you've coached the game, then you probably can identify what I'm talking about. If you haven't noticed it yet, watch the Hoosiers play their next game. Look at things like uh, ball on the floor last night. Nebraska went to the deck, and it was right in the corner of Indiana's offensive half court. Nebraska went to the deck. What did Indiana do? Stood over him and bent down and tried to tie up the basketball. You got to go to the deck with the opponent. Um, things like uh, backdoor passes, falling asleep defensively, and letting your guy beat you to the back door. First of all, you've got to identify that all five offensive players have elevated to about the foul line extended. That means everything is open behind you, and there is no help defense. And last night, cups. Completely got lost and beat to the basket for an easy layup. Mbako taking quick shots. you got to understand the difference between a good shot and a great shot. But you also have to understand the difference between a good shot and a really bad shot. And coming down in transition and firing up a three before anybody from your team has made it into the front court isn't necessarily a good shot. Um... And you don't see a lot of well-coached teams that make those kind of mistakes at this point in the season. I mean, we're virtually at about a halfway point. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. And the problem is there's fundamentals defensively and offensively. Defense isn't just about how hard you play and playing your man. It's about where's the help coming from. How do you lead your man into the help or the double team? When you come over and put a hand in the, the lane to try to knock a ball away, how far do you go to try to reach it? And how quick can you close out then on a shooter? What if your guy is a three-point shooter? Do you even go and help on that drive? All those things. I mean, it just seems like the Hoosiers just break down and don't have don't have real principles that they're following. And that comes down to... Coaching. coaching. There we go. <laughs> Speaking of coaching, let's talk to one. We'll take a break. We'll come back. It is Purdue Fort Wayne men's basketball coach John Kaufman getting set for a big Horizon League battle on Saturday. By the way, we've got tickets, and let's get this thing started. Uh, if you'd like to win today's four-pack of tickets to go to the suite, it is four, right? It is four. Uh, we've got the suite on Saturday, and uh, you can join our other listeners Four tickets in the suite for the Macedons and the Wright State Raiders on Saturday afternoon. Our phrase that pays, ride the wave. That's the uh, the phrase that Kaufman kind of coined a few years ago. Ride the wave. That's our key phrase. Text it to us at 46862. 
That's the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. And by the end of the show, we'll randomly select one winner to get our four-pack of tickets. Coach Kaufman next on the Sports Rush, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is Purdue Fort Wayne men's basketball coach John Kaufman. And you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Go Dons. Okay, it's too much cough. Couldn't it? We can't have a double cough. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy. Don't forget the key word for you to text us today is ride the wave. That's what we're doing on Saturday as the Mastodons look to improve to 5-0 and in the Horizon League, 14-2 and overall against the Wright State Raiders. You can be there. Four tickets in the suites. All you have to do is text ride the wave to 46862, we will randomly select one winner among all our entries received to get those four tickets before the end of the show. We need a new code word. What? Is there one of those words that's that's beating us? Yep. Yep. Oh, man. I, I should ask Kaufman if he's got a new uh, catchphrase. Uh, uh, what What uh, should we? I don't know if we can do rumble. Let's, we can do rumble. See if we can do... Uh, Feel the rumble. We can uh, do rumble. We can do feel the rumble. I don't know about feel the. Okay, just do rumble. Rumble. Okay, we're not going to make this too complicated. Rumble is the word. How can ride the wave be taken? I tell you what, I they got to cancel these words once these <laughs> contests are done. I'll tell you who it is later. Oh man! All right. So uh, for everybody that's been texting us, we didn't get the text, and so now you have to text the word rumble to four six eight six two. All right, Coach Kaufman's waiting, which is something I've gotten in the habit of doing to him lately. Uh, he's joining us here on our guest line. Coach, good afternoon. Scott, man, thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate you. Sorry to make you wait. We're trying to sort this out, trying to give away some tickets to the game on Saturday uh, as the Dons look to be the only, well, already the only unbeaten in the league, but try to improve to an impressive 5-0 and uh, on Saturday against Wright State. You know, I get this question. I just had it, in fact, yesterday. Somebody asked me, and they said, hey, I'm going to try to make it out to a Mastodons game, but what makes this team so good? Well, how do you answer that? I think it's our radio guy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I tell them. I think them. we got the best <laughs> radio guy in, in the league, and I think he just... <laughs> He gives this wave of energy to the entire group, and we ride that wave. How do you <laughs> well, like that answer? Uh, I, lo- I love it, but you've you got to come up with something original. That's the one that I use. <laughs> no, I, you know, what makes this group special is, is it's, it starts with there's been a generation after generation after generation before them that has built up our style of play, that has built up the community behind us, that has is, that is built up just our culture, our locker room. Um, and, and, you know, we graduated, you know, 4,000 point scores last year, you know, five of the top six that won the league the year before that. And those guys really helped to establish the culture for the returners that are coming back. Um, they also, you know, showed these, these, uh, these roles that were really, you know, that these, these returners were envious to sort of raise their level and assume those. And they also, learned how to be unselfish and op- have open arms to these newcomers. Um, and so all of that has created a group that, you know, has fit with our culture we've had over the last 12, 13 years, um, that has the skill set and 
the work ethic of, of the last, you know, 12, 13 years. Um, but then what makes them that next level playing and, and, and maybe winning some of those tougher games with resilience is that one, we can, we got four guys that are in our, you know, our top seven or eight that, that can get downhill, get into the paint that don't even need a ball screen. Um, you know, they, they just, they can just rip drive and beat you. Um, and, you know, we're still shooting the three at a high level. Um, but, but what, when it makes us really good is that, you know, we get to the paint early in a shot clock because we've always been efficient at, you know, paint touch shots. Getting to the paint, we shot 62% over the last 13 years when the ball touches the paint before we shoot a three or just touches the paint before the ball shot. Um, and so this team's really good at, at getting there at a high level. Um, 95% of our shots last game came from paint touches. The other pieces were scoring in the paint at a really high level because we're able to score twos at the rim. So, you know, we're not big on pull-up jump shots, inefficient twos, long twos. Um, you know, we're getting better at our post-up game with our bigs. Eric Mulder had a double-double last game. Um, but, you know, our guards being able to score twos at the rim when we stretch out, they're, they're really good. Like Jalen Jackson, Rasheed Bellow. Those guys are really good at getting in the paint. They can they can score over the top. They can be physical score. And then the the final piece is that you know defensively this group is really special. And two years ago we were the best defensive team in the Horizon League. We won a Horizon League uh, regular season championship with that group. But this group takes it to another notch. I mean, a quarter of our points, twenty five points a game, uh, or or like twenty six. I think it's like twenty three points a game. Twenty five percent of our points are coming off of turnovers. We're scoring at a high rate, and it's not because we're stealing it, like taking it and gambling. We just are really good at putting other teams in crowds, and they've been giving it to us. And then that leads to transition. And so, like the last three games, so you have Pitt, followed by Northern Kentucky, who was picked to win our league, followed by Detroit. We have held teams to 36% shooting for the game. And, and that's against Pitt. We gave up 18 offensive rebounds, which is not a good stat to have. Now, there were a lot of possessions, but we still, even when you get an offensive rebound, being able to do that's even harder when you get those rebounds. And then we held Pitt to 10% from three on 23s. We held uh, an all-ACC guy. And then we held, I think, Northern Kentucky was like 23%, and Detroit was like 17%. And we're number one in our league in, in – uh, and, and three point D, which is the name of the game these days. And if you can win those battles, like man, we're we're hard to beat. And that's what this group kind of makes us special. Last couple of games, coach, uh, slow starts, and I, I don't know that the team didn't have the energy. The shots didn't fall, but on the scoreboard, you got behind and uh, certainly turned it on in the second half. But I I had a couple of people ask me, and I'm kind of relaying some of the questions I've been asked. But I had some people ask me, what it has to be different? What what can you do as a coach to try to avoid some of those slow, so to speak, starts? Well, I just really like the drama of the game and, and making you sit on the edge of the seat. For people. <laughs> you know, we got these dance teams coming to the games, and, and uh, they bring 150, 200 people, and I want them to stay for the second half. Nobody's going to buy that, Coach, that, you, that a coach wants to keep it close. Yeah. Well, let me go second. Uh, I just have these great halftime speeches. We'll go with that one. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, the, the area that we've, we've drawn attention to that we can control is the rebounding. You know, and, and in, in, in two of those three games, Northern Kentucky and Pitt, um, 
you know, we gave up significantly more offensive rebounds in the first half, which kept them in the game. We were defending well, um, you know, and that's, that's where, you know, we got to figure out how to be elite doing that. And, you know, it's not like we're not emphasizing it. You know, it's not like we're not drilling it. But we do play four guards. I mean, our, our, our power forward, as you say, our fourth guard is 6'4". You know, most people are putting a 6'8", 6'9", guy out there. We're going to face that against Wright State on Saturday. But those guys got to guard our guys. So we create uniqueness. They size down to us. But we've got to get better at rebounding the ball in the first half. You know, the other piece, like Detroit the other night, we didn't shoot it well in the first half. But we're coming off of, you know, it was 7 o'clock tip on, on Thursday, 1 o'clock tip on Saturday. We played arguably our best defensive game in the last decade all right, against Northern Kentucky, picked to win the league, have a great output there, then turn around and we put uh, an equally great defensive effort. I, I do think some of that was our legs um, because we got great, great looks in that first half against Detroit. Ball just didn't go in, and sometimes it does that. You know, we had great presence. I mean, we could have scored 120 in that game. Um, but then second half, we shot 60% from three. I'm sorry, 50% from three, 60 from the floor, and it came around. So I don't have the answer, but it's obviously something that the coaches are, are, are talking about and trying to figure out trends on. This is the bye week, so to speak, where uh, every round of games, there's going to be one Horizon League team that doesn't get involved because of 11 teams in the conference. Uh, tonight, there's five games, uh, other 10 teams all playing tonight. You'll have the luxury of going in well-rested on Saturday against a Wright State team that's got a tough battle with Cleveland State coming up tonight. When you, when you look at Wright State, you mentioned one of the keys, obviously, is they can play two bigs. But the other key is they've got two really talented guards that you've got to be concerned with. No, I mean, I, th- I think both would be preseason all-league guards had Holden um, been deemed eligible at the beginning of the year and not transferred to Ohio State and transferred back. Um, you know, he was their best guard two years ago. Um, when they won the, the league tournament, um, and good, really good guards. Um, you know, I, you know. Now the other side of it, we got really good guards. Um, you know, I, I like what we can do defending guards, and they got to defend us. Um, but but it, it, it's the it's the post play that really you know stresses you know a group like us out. Um, now the guards come into a factor. Like if you're going to put two men on the ball and we fire on their post, which will be in and out of all game, that's going to put us in rotation. And then that puts those two guards who are both, you know, first-team all-caliber guards with long closeouts. Um, and, and so that makes them really good. It's, it's a challenging game, um, a really, really good game. Now, the other piece that makes them really good is they're, they're one, they're, 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 we're second most efficient offense in our, in our league. They're number one. Um, they're also the best offensive rebounding uh, team in our league. So not only are they efficient, but adding to that efficiency is is the offensive rebounding. Um, and so that those are the huge. I mean, tough in the paint from rebounding to their post play to doubling their post, and then being able to close out and and also make their guards inefficient. C.J. Hadnot wins again as the freshman of the week in the Horizon League. Did you know what kind of a impact player you had coming in when you recruited C.J.? You know, I, 
every year when we sign guys, I mean, I'm yet to sign somebody that I don't think is a good player. Um, you know, some end up early on in their career being better than others. Um, and CJ, I saw this summer, and I was excited about him, like my other freshmen. I mean, and, and, and you know, when we signed him, but when he got here in the summer, you know, I think what's really separated him than maybe some other freshmen that we've had in the past is he digested information really quickly, um, which is good. You know, so he wasn't hesitating. A lot of times freshmen come in and you know, they have good IQs, but I speak a different language, you know, and, and in our program. And we play read and react. It's not like, you know, you, you just stick the ball in a really good player's hands and you say, oh, I dribble around until somebody helps and kick it to them. I mean, that ball moves when we play. And everybody in our motion you know, is, is, is read and react, and, and, and they're figuring out on the fly. We play really fast, so decisions happen really fast. And and, uh, and and so he's come in really being able to digest information at a high level. He also is very physical. Um, you know, his, his mom and dad did an interesting thing when he was younger. I mean, in high school, I think it was his freshman year. They chose to have him not play AAU. And this is no knock on AAU. My kids are playing AAU. They, they said, you know what, this year... We moved from Atlanta, Houston, and we're just going to train you. And and you're going to just you're going to you're going to train. You're going to get in the weight room. You're going to do body weight stuff, push ups, and like this summer, I was really surprised. We were doing some of those crazy morning training camps, and we were doing burnouts at you know six thirty in the morning, and we finish out an hour lift. I mean, I'm talking wild, you know, lifts, and he would. We'd finish out with, all right, you do push-ups until you can't do them anymore. And he's, he's, he's the last man standing pumping out after doing, you know, six sets of bench, and, and, and he's pumping out 150 more push-ups. And, you know, after the third time of him winning, I'm like, I'm calling his mom and asking, and I'm like, she's like, oh, we've been doing, he's been doing 300 push-ups a day, you know, since he was a freshman in high school. And he still does them beyond our weight limit. Like, he's just trained at a high level. And the other piece to that, is that, like, his mom and dad both played college basketball. They're very mature with their perspective. I talk to them all the time as we're trying to just manage all, you know, what might be some pressure, what also might be some growth, what also might be digesting of our information. We're talking to it with the parents. And, like, they're just pulling in the same direction. And if you're a high school parent listening in right now, and if you're a college parent, I'll tell you, man, that the, the best players – are the ones where the parents are pulling in the same direction as the coaches. And, and, and they're working with the coaches. Because when you start undermining that stuff or start second-guessing, like, it just strains the entire organization. And, like, we have really good parents, and we rarely have that. But, like, I just can tell by talking to CJs that we're just so in line. And when he's, you know, he hasn't been efficient the last couple of weeks as he was those first three weeks. You know, we've just been talking through it. And, man, they're just reciting the things that I'm talking about. And next thing you know, he averages, whatever, 10 again this weekend and, and gets, uh, gets player of the week. Um, it's really helps them. It's, it's awesome. Parents are pulling in the same direction as coaches. Turns into gold for teams. Well, it's going to be a big week. Of course, the schedule makers kind of giving the Mastodons a little bit of an advantage with four of the first five at home. But, uh, you know, that also comes with the pressure of trying to take care of business four out of five times on your home floor. Because you've said it before many times, 
Uh, if you want to win the league, you got to win at home and at least split on the road. And I know the goals might be a little bit higher even this year with the way this team's performed, especially the way they've played away from Fort Wayne. But uh, big one coming up Saturday, Coach. Hope that the fans come out and support this team. It's a great start, but a big one coming up on Saturday. Well, since you're giving um, four free tickets for the tax line with Rumble, we'll talk about the free tickets out there. And I, I think this is pretty cool what we're doing. So this this uh, this Saturday is Highlight a Cause Night, um, inspired by our team and our coaches. And so Under Armour sponsored us by sending us a, a, a each player an extra pair of highlighter shoes. And we're doing it on TV as well as, in, in our community to highlight causes in Fort Wayne. And so we have 10 nonprofits um, and community organizations already signed up, and we've given them free tickets. We're going to put their logos up on the big screens at the Coliseum. We're going to draw attention to them. Everybody associated with these organizations, um, you know, I, I, I already know, like, for example, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Boys and Girls Club are mm-hmm. coming um, to the event. We've gotten everybody associated with their organization all the kids that want to participate and their families, free tickets to come, and we're highlighting their organization. We're going to do this Saturday. There's still time if you want to jump on board. Um, you know, reach out, reach out to me at my uh, at Coach Kaufman, and I'll put you in touch with the right people to get that done. We also have a date in February, so if you have an organization that you want free tickets for, you want to expose them to our team, our guys. Um, reach out to me that way. And then uh, I know next Wednesday against IUPUI, no, two Wednesdays from now, we're doing Faith and Family Night. Um, and they're doing free tickets for any, um, you know, any faith organization um, or different family um, organization. So, again, really trying to give back to the community, really appreciative for all the support we have, we, we've given, you know, we've been given, and, you know, trying to give back. And expose them to this group is really special. Just really quality young men playing high-level basketball right now. Boy, that sounds uh, pretty exciting. In fact, that maybe kind of trumps our little 1380 The Fan Suite getaway, but uh, or giveaway, but but we, we still have four tickets, and we'll give those away, so you at least have our four people there, Coach. Thanks, that man. I appreciate it, and appreciate you uh, you highlighting uh, uh, highlighted cause night as well, and uh, between this month and next month, um, hopefully we can get some more um, just eyes on the different nonprofits in our in our city um, that are doing great things for our city. Appreciate you, Coach. Thanks so much. We'll see you on Saturday. All right. Thanks, that man. That is Coach John Kaufman joining us here on the Sports Rush. Big hour on the way. Destin Adams, he's going to get us a preview of the Colts in Houston. Huge game coming up Saturday night down in Indianapolis. Also, Eric Dute, Dutkevich to talk. A big night of high school basketball coming up on Friday night. That is all on the way. You're listening to the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.